Hey, welcome to episode 19 of Songs You Should Know. Mick and I have been on hiatus for a little bit, but we are back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> this is <laughs> this episode features the music of the Eagles. I'm Jimbo. And I'm the Mixter. We're coming to you from the Songs You Should Know World Headquarters located in a secret bunker in central Minnesota. And from our satellite office in Branson, Missouri. For security reasons, we can't tell you exactly where the World Headquarters is located in central Minnesota. After all, we have a priceless vault of classic music to protect. But we can tell you, you can see Lake Wobegon from here. the bass on that that whole semi-reggae oh, yeah. thing going on there <laughs> yeah. did you ever get a chance to see the see the eagles live i did i did um one of the uh, hell freezes over tours in fargo mm. so yes yeah i never got to never got to see them live and uh of course glenn fry is is gone now yeah. um so you'll you'll never see the full lineup again. Although the they did shift lineups over time, but um, yeah. Have you seen the history of the Eagles uh, documentary series? Yeah, very good, very long, oh, yeah. no, but very good. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I I do. I prefer the the first two or three hours of it. I mean, those very early days, but uh, um, the the whole yeah. thing is very well done. So yeah. All right, well, we're going to get started with Take It Easy. Yeah, that song was written by Jackson Brown and Glenn Fry, who we just mentioned, and recorded by the Eagles with Fry singing lead vocals, and it was the band's first single, released on May 1st, 1972, and it was also the opening track on the band's debut album called Eagles. So, goes all the way back to the beginning. The very beginning. And Jackson Brown originally began writing it in 1971, but he was he was having difficulty finishing it. And uh, so Glenn Fry was his neighbor, and he had heard an early version, and he later asked Brown about it. And then Brown played the unfinished second verse that begins with, while well, I'm standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. 
And Fry finished the verse with, It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford, slowing down to take a look at me. And Brown was pretty happy with that, and he suggested that they co-write the song. And there's a quote from Jackson. He says, This is ridiculous. Go ahead and finish it. Do it. He said that to Fry. And he finished it in spectacular fashion, and what's more, arranged it in a way that was far superior to what I had written. There you so go. At this point, the Eagles, the Eagles are a four-piece at the beginning here, so you can, you can talk about who played on this track. Yeah, so at this, uh, at this original lineup, at least for the first album, is Glenn Fry on acoustic guitar and lead vocals. Bernie, it's Leiden, right? Leiden? Uh, on lead guitar. I believe it is Leiden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lead guitar, banjo, which I didn't know he played the banjo on that track, and harmony vocals. Randy Meisner on bass guitar and harmony vocals, and then Don Henley on drums and harmony vocals. So there we have the uh, the beginnings of a band that later grew to include a few more people, um, including Joe Walsh uh, down the road a bit, and a band that had a lot of tensions come and go over the years. Indeed. Um, so anyway, the song was the song was recorded at Olympic Studios in London, of all places, with producer yes. Glenn Johns. That's right, Stones and, guy. And Fry singing the lead vocals, and <laughs> yes. And uh, so you don't think of that song as being something recorded in, in England. Randy Meisner, who had a beautiful high voice, uh, sings the harmony vocal in the beginning of the second verse with Fry, and then Don Henley chimes in at the end um, uh, of the verses with, uh, let's see, Though We Will Never Be Here Again, that whole part there. Right. And Bernie provided the lead guitar and the distinctive banjo parts, as well as harmony vocals. We're going to talk about the banjo here, because um, Glenn John said he got uh, Bernie to play double-time banjo, and the whole rest of the band thought, that's bonkers. But it worked. It was already a great song, but that one little thing made it different. And so about halfway through, when the, when the guitar solo comes in, you'll hear in the background this double-time banjo stuff in there, and it pretty much plays all the way through the rest of the track. But um, yeah, let's see, somewhere I've got, somewhere I've got that. Uh, I've got, here, here's, the, uh, here's the banjo part here. If you listen in the background, you'll hear it come in with the solo. So yeah, if you listen in the background there, and especially if you've got some headphones on, pretty much the whole second half of that track has banjo really popping in there quite a bit. Through it, but, yeah. uh, that that was one of those I, one of those ideas that came out of nowhere. And so it makes it different. So and it, and it um, yeah, tell me about the reception of this song. It uh, it peaked number twelve on July twenty second, nineteen seventy two, on the Billboard's Hot one hundred chart. And it's also listed as uh, one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. And in 1972, Bud Scapa wrote in Rolling Stone in his review of the Eagles' debut album that Take It Easy was simply the best-sounding rock single to come out so far this year. The first time through, you could tell it had 
everything. Danceable rhythm, catchy, uh, winding melody, intelligent, affirmative lyrics, and a progressive, powerful arrangement mixing electric guitar, banjo, and a crisp vocal. The vibrant four-part harmony at just the right moments for maximum dramatic effect. Right. And then uh, when we talk about the lyrics to this song, according to Fry, the second verse refers to a time when Jackson Brown's automobile malfunctioned in Winslow, Arizona, during one of his trips to Sedona, requiring him to spend the day in Winslow. But in 1999, in responding to the lyrics that made it famous, the city of Winslow erected a life-size bronze statue and mural commemorating the song at the Standin' on the Corner Park. So you can go to Winslow, Arizona and see the statue. The statue stands near a lamppost, the male figure securing an acoustic guitar between his right hand and the shoe of his right foot. Above his head, a metal sign crafted in the style of U.S. root shields displays the words, Standin' on the Corner. And then um, Jackson Brown said, when he's gone back and described this a few times, he said, well, the, the car breakdown happened in Winslow. But the vision of the girl standing on the corner was actually in Flagstaff, and he just sort of combined the two. And uh, so... <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> as, you, as usual, you know, the, the, the truth is always uh, not necessarily what comes down through the legend. But uh, right. So Jackson later did, re- you know, I mean, and not, not much later, but Jackson himself recorded the song. And that was the lead track of his second album. And Jackson Brown's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And and uh, I have you ever seen Jackson Brown live before? Yes, in in a little uh, eight hundred seat uh, venue in Pensacola at the Bayfront uh, Bayfront Auditorium, and uh, very very good, very cool. I did see Jackson. Uh, in, in Duluth at a very small theater also from just a few rows back. And uh, curiously, that's that's right by Bayfront Park there. Uh-huh. So it was also, I think, a Bayfront Auditorium. But um, it, it it was years after what you saw. But it's all, it was a trip seeing him because he uh, he sort of was making things up as he went along. <laughs> he'd, he'd sit down at a piano and start playing something, and then somebody would yell out something, and he'd go, oh, you want that one? And then he'd get up and go over to his guitar and start a different song. Anyway, I did get, I did get a chance. It was it was supposed to be like an unplugged tour, but then he ended up having some musicians with him, and and then it became like a free for all. But um, he did. I did get to hear him play his version of "Take It Easy." His, <laughs> I mean, he, original co-writer. But it is actually uh, in his style. It's it's a little bit more laid back. It's not quite as frantic as uh, as the Eagles. Well, I've been running down the road trying to loosen my load. I got seven women on my mind. Four that wanna own me, two that wanna stone me, one said she's a friend of mine. Take it. The sound of your own wheels crazy. I'll tell you what, nobody harmonizes with Jackson Brown like Jackson Brown. That's for sure. <laughs> that, that is just something else to hear him. Yeah. So then Travis Tritt, in the early 90s, uh, covers the song for a tribute album. And it sort of leads back into the Eagles getting getting back together for a while. 
for the first yeah, time in what thirteen uh, years, uh, because they all appear. They all appear yeah, in that, which, uh, that track. Interesting about the Common Thread uh, album is it did win a Grammy, and my buddy Billy Dean was also on that uh, Common Thread. He was part of that project. If I would have done my homework, I forgot what song that he covered. And uh, when I was with Billy and, and the Steel Horses, we uh, he would throw it out every now and then and, and mention the Common Thread project. And so, very cool. Well, it's it's been recorded in a number of languages by various artists. And in the vault here, because of <laughs> the Norwegian heritage around much of Minnesota, I do have, a, I do have something for you from Otar... Big Hand Johansson. Yes, that is Tadet Ruli. Take it easy from from Otar Big Hand Johansson. From the album Havers Verdag Shelter. That was released in 1978, so that's been around for a while too. But uh, I kind of dig that. I think that's kind of (laughs) cool. And on that note, we're going to take a short break and we will be right back. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, you're a hard one, but I know that you got your reasons. These things that are pleasing you. Can hurt you somehow. If, if you don't get the feeling that you're out on the range somewhere <laughs> with that song, then I don't know what does. Well, it's it's another in a long line of um, rock and roll songs that are really as much about life on the road and touring as they are about absolutely being a cowboy, being a desperado. You know, because I mean. You've got Bon Jovi does that shtick, and you've got you know a cowboy song yes. from Thin Lizzy. You've got you've got all kinds of things that use this this metaphor. Same deal, the metaphor of the outlaw out there, 
um, on the road. And, and uh, well, this was one of the earliest examples of that. Written by Fry and Henley, and it appeared on the 1973 album Desperado. And, of course, it's been on every Eagles compilation since then. Um, so after they recorded that first album, The Eagles, in London, Fry and Henley decided that they should write songs together. And in their first songwriting session after returning from London, Henley played Fry the unfinished version of the song and said, When I play it and sing it, I think of Ray Charles and Stephen Foster. It, it's really a Southern Gothic thing, but we can easily make <laughs> it more <did>. Western. <laughs> yeah. So Fry leapt right on it, filled in the blanks, brought structure, and the song became Desperado. And Henley said that was the beginning of our songwriting partnership, and that's when we became a team. And that song was also recorded in London, at Island Studios this time. And they had musicians from the London Philharmonic Orchestra. And interestingly enough, Henley was only given four or five takes to record the song, by Glenn Johns, who wanted to record the album quickly and cheaply. And so Henley felt intimidated by the large orchestra, and he'd later express regret that he did not sing as well as he could. He said, I didn't sing my best. I wish I could have done that song again, which I find amazing because it's Absolutely. one of the signature Eagle songs. And then on... Uh, so, talk about the musicians on once one, again. We're... we're uh... I, well, we're the same, I think. Don Henley in lead vocals and drums, Glenn Fry on piano and backing vocals, Bernie Leiden on electric guitar and backing vocals, Randy Meisner on bass and backing vocals, and then Jim Ed Norman did the string arrangement. Right. So it is, it's, you know, it's their second album. So it's it's um, basically the same four-piece lineup plus strings. And this song was never released as a single. It's one of their best-known songs, and yet it never was a single. And it still it, it cracks the top 500 greatest songs of all time from Rolling, Rolling Stone. And it comes in, it sneaks in at 494. But it was voted the number two favorite Eagles song in a poll of Rolling Stone readers. And although the song is one of the Eagles' best-known songs, it never charted on Billboard until the death of Glenn Fry when it reached number 20 on the rock digital songs chart. So that Desperado never, an Eagles recording of it, was never on the charts. until That's nuts. <laughs> but, tell, me well, about what the, on the surface, tell me about what this song, song is about. Means. A cowboy who, who refuses to fall in love. But it could also be about a young man who discovers guitars, joins a band, pays his dues, and suffers for his art. The stress of being a rock star uh, is a recurring theme in Eagles music, Life in the Fast Lane. For example, the overall theme is how you must suffer for your art. And many people were introduced to this song by Linda Ronstadt, of course. And uh, her 1973 album, Don't Cry Now, uh, she recorded the song. And Henley credited her, Linda Ronstadt, for popularizing the song with that early cover. And he described her version as poignant and beautiful. And Linda Ronstadt was not a songwriter. Um, she was an interpreter. And, uh, you know, so she would find material here and there, especially from Southern California sources. And uh, Desperado was one of those. 
she really made this song her own. She builds it in a, in a little bit of a different key, but by the end, you know, she's really got her pipes going. But uh, I've got a I've got a small clip of that. So that's Linda's version, and uh, whereas the Eagles' version has that weather-worn, you know, raspy voice to it, she's yeah. got that, you know, very pure, strong voice going there. I rather than so many uh, strings in the background, I, I hear I hear a lot of horns coming in yeah, on, very, on her version yeah, too. In the background, it's more smooth. And then um, I hadn't noticed that Johnny Cash, which I didn't know, did a version on his 2002 album American Four. The man comes around, and Don Henley actually sings back up on the track. And I couldn't, I couldn't come up with a copy mm. of this in the vault. You know, I, I sometimes just for sound clips, you try to find things online here and there. But a little bit like uh, a lot of the Prince music, um, somebody's very protective of of a lot of Johnny Cash's later work. So it was very, I. I could not could not come up with with a, a copy of this version with uh, with Henley singing back up on it. So, uh, what inspired uh, the song? The song inspired the title uh, of the nineteen eighty seven Western TV movie Desperado, written by Elmore Leonard. It also served as a theme music uh, for the TV movie and its four sequels. Randy Meisner claims that he came up with the guitar intro but was not giving songwriter songwriter credit, meaning that he doesn't get any royalties from it. Uh, the allocation of songwriting credits was one of many issues that caused turmoil within the band, and it causes turmoil in many bands. <laughs> but, uh, it was also featured... It does. It does. I guess I said uh, what what yes. inspired the song. Actually, what, what did the song inspire? I... I Willy Wonka, you know. It was also (laughs) featured in an episode of Seinfeld where Elaine goes out with a guy who won't let her speak when it's playing. (laughs) I love that episode. And uh, this was actually the last song the Eagles performed in concert. It closed out their show in Bowser City, Louisiana on July 19th. I'm sorry, July 29th, 2015. It was the last stop of their History of the Eagles tour. And unfortunately, uh, Glenn Fry died about six months later. Right. So yes, this was the the final song played live by uh, right. by the Eagles to this date, and uh, certainly the last that Glenn Fry played on. But uh, and with that, we're gonna hop out of here and come back with <laughs> something a little more uh, out there. Desperado. Why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, you're a hard one, but I know that you got your reasons. 
these things that are pleasing you can hurt you somehow. On a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair, warm smell of colitas rising up through the air. Up ahead in the distance, I saw a shimmering light. Probably the uh, most famous Eagle song. This one was actually the uh, the melody was composed by uh, Don Felder, and Don Henley and Glenn Fry also uh, you know contribute uh, lyrics to this. But by this time in the band, we, we've got Don Felder along now, and he had an interesting way of writing material for the group, and that was he would do a bunch of uh, instrumental demos, you know, 15, 16 ideas. And so the demo he made for Hotel California is like, it's it's this strange sort of Latin reggae, uh, just an interesting mishmash of stuff. And that bass really, um, you know, Randy Meisner's bass really um, anchors that. But... Uh, Henley Henley really liked the little uh, demo of of the music for that because he th- he thought it sounded like a Mexican reggae or a bolero and so the the <laughs> working title of the song in the studio was Mexican reggae and then Glenn Fry comes along and he provides the outline of it and then Henley and Fry together write the lyrics and the lyrics we'll talk about in a second but they are such an interesting mishmash of poetry and ideas, a stream of consciousness almost. And of course, at the time, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people saying, oh, they're satanic references and everything else. <laughs> it's there, like a horror movie. It's actually but, pretty uh, ridiculous. But um, So on this one, on this one, uh, the musicians, so now we go <laughs> to, to a, not a full-fledged change, but a very uh, major change for the Eagles. I definitely... Uh, you know, restructured their sound. So we have Don Felder on a 12 and 6 string electric guitars and backing vocals. Don Henley is the lead and backing vocals on this one and drums and percussion. Glenn Fry's on the 12 string acoustic guitar with the backing vocals. And now enters our man Joe Walsh on electric guitar and backing vocals. And Randy Meisner is still on the bass and backing vocals. And for some reason, I always thought Timothy B. Schmidt was in the band. I thought that, that they made the full change at this time, but I was incorrect. Well, according to what I could find, he, yeah, I'm not quite sure when that changeover happened. But And he um, he sort yeah. of took over when, when Meisner checked so, out, right? So the song was awarded the Grammy Award uh, for Record of the Year, 1978. And it reached the number one position on the Billboard Hot 100 and reached uh, the top 10 of several international charts. So, why don't you talk about <laughs> the lyrical meaning? Oh, <laughs> the, the lyrics. So, Henley and, and, uh, and Fry wrote most of the words together. And he says, um, All of us kind of drove into L.A. at night. Nobody was from California. And if you drive into L.A. at night, you can just see this glow on the horizon of lights. 
and the images that start running through your head of Hollywood and all the dreams that you have. And so it was kind of about that, what we started writing the song about. So we've got the, uh, I just want to pull through. There are so many phrases that uh, have become so famous, but, uh, you know, starts out on the dark desert highway. And then there is a, a, a woman introduced. She stood in the doorway. I heard the mission bell. I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell. And then she lights up a candle, shows me the way. There were voices from the corridor. I thought I heard them say, and then we go into the chorus, welcome to the Hotel California. And then we have some some lines that are just amazing to me. Her mind is Tiffany twisted. She got the Mercedes Benz. A lot of pretty, pretty boys that she calls friends. And, um, and then all of a sudden, hey, there's a new character. Let's call up the captain. Bring me my wine. And he's like, we haven't had that spirit here since 1969. And then, so that goes back into the next chorus then. And then that, that last main um, section of the song, which is probably where a lot of the, uh, a lot of the people that want to accuse rock and roll of, of having satanic, you know, influences and everything. Um, they, they, they reach back to these lyrics right here. Mirrors on the ceiling, the pink champagne on ice. And she said, we are all just prisoners here of our own device. And in the master's chambers, they gathered for the feast. They stab it with their steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast. And then the song goes full circle. He's like, last thing I remember, I'm running for the door. <laughs> you think, oh, finally, we're out of this nightmare. But of course, the, uh, <laughs> the, the nightman says... Uh, relax. We're programmed to receive. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. And then, we, and then we the go into our solo. The song still goes on for minutes longer with, uh, you know, a lot of soloing and stuff. But uh, this is one of those songs where, even though the Eagles didn't like to license their stuff for being used in movies and TV shows and stuff at, at first, because that was always a sellout thing, right? This one they did actually um, license, and one of the one of the primary examples of this is if you watch the Big Lebowski again, you'll uh, you'll you'll hear this song performed by the Gypsy Kings in this case. But uh, um, but it was also on Absolutely Fabulous, Ab Fab as they used to call it, and the Sopranos, and then American Horror Story Hotel. I never did watch any of those, but. Uh, there was interest um, in making a movie based on the song. And Julia Phillips, who produced films like Taxi Driver and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, very well known. Um, the band members met with her and talked about producing something. And uh, she wrote a memoir called You'll Never Eat Lunch in This Town Again. And she wrote that the band members were difficult to deal with and arrogant. Henley said that Phillips offered the band members cocaine and was nonplussed when they turned it down. Tension between the two parties ended the pre-development deal for the film, and Rolling Stone reported that the band was not upset at this development, as they were not particularly enamored with the idea of Hotel California being adapted to a film. This is because Henley feared that he would lack control over the project. And I've got to... Uh, I've got to play a little bit of that 
that f- that final uh, harmony guitar stuff going on in there, it sort of reinforces the idea of you can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. that's where you really get a sense of joe walsh's contributions to the eagles there where you've got that you've got that guitar stuff going on so and with that we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with some trivia on a dark desert highway back for some trivia the part of the show where i get i get to ask mick stuff that he has no idea what's coming wow wow and i'm going to uh i'm going to go easy on you this time this is this is a 10 question quiz all right and it's all based it's all based on the first lines of eagles songs (laughs) okay and i'm gonna go really easy on the first question all right all right so you just have to give me the give me the name of the song. I'll give you the first the first phrase, and this one is just like I said. I'm easing you in. On a dark desert hotel, hi- California. <laughs> on a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair. Now that I've got your confidence up, there's talk on the street. New kid in town. All right, number three. Raven hair and ruby lips. Witchy woman. Very good. Very good. All right. This is also <laughs> another gimme here. Well, I'm running down the road. Trying to loosen my load. Take it easy. I like the way your sparkling earrings lay. Ooh. Hold on. I'm going to have to sing this one in my head. Uh-oh. Hold on. I got, I, I got a block. Uh... Oh, man. I have to put the timer on me. Hold on. <laughs> Your sparkling earrings lay. 
skin. <laughs> I could give you choices, but that would be embarrassing. Yeah, no, that would be just dumb. Uh, you're going to have to give me choices because I can't think of it. Embarrassing. That's right. Well, I'll tell you, it's not tequila. It's not tequila sunrise. No, that, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you why. Nope. Peaceful, easy feeling. Yes, golly. Or take it to the limit. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. A momentary uh, pause in information <laughs> processing. Yeah. Old old age. <laughs> golly. All right, I'm ready. All right, number six. All alone at the end of the evening. <laughs> uh, lion eyes. No. Hold on. Nope. Dang it. Uh, man, I thought this was going to be easy. <laughs> this, is this, this is the song that used to really psych Randy Meisner out. Because he has a really, really high thing yep. at the very end. And sometimes he just didn't want to do it. And uh, that caused a lot of tension in the band as well. Uh, take it easy. No. <laughs> take it to oh, the limit. Oh, take it to the limit. Golly. One more time. Take it. <laughs> yep. Because he, he do that whole wee-hee at the very right. end. That really high part. Falling apart. All right. All right. Ready. Number seven. City girls just seem to find out early. There we go. Lion eyes. There we go. See, now you got your confidence back. <laughs> I'll, I'll, throw you, I'll throw you some easy ones here. <laughs> Somebody's going to hurt someone. In the long run. <laughs> uh, no, but... Oh. oh, oh, hold on. A uh, heartache tonight. I'm sorry. Heartache tonight. Yep. <coughs> You're in the right tom- yeah. time period. And actually, as, yeah. as long as we're, as long right, as we're so, on that song, so, Heartache Tonight, not one of my favorites. I'll be honest. Not one of mine either. Yeah, you know, and it's like, it's, it's so popular and so well known, but uh, I don't know. It's got some great uh, slide guitar in it. I like that. All right. Yeah, but no, it was not. It's not my favorite song either. All right. I used to hurry a lot. I used to worry a lot. I used to hurry. <laughs> I used to worry a lot. Is that take it easy? <laughs> oh, hold on. Who is gonna make it? We'll find out. Oh, in the long run. Golly. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's like rock, rock paper scissors rock paper scissors you just throw yeah. the you throw the last thing the guy said or the guy did right back at him yeah <laughs> Rochambeau <laughs> alright here's I'm gonna give you another one this is also not one of my favorites even though it's so well known and well done there are stars in the southern sky oh see now this is one of my favorites I mean Seven Bridges Road well, yes, it is. It's very well technically done. It just doesn't speak right. to me. Now, on the other hand, I could have pulled up, you know, like the Greeks don't want no freaks. That, <laughs> that would have been, been cool. cool. 
All right. Well, that's about what we have for uh, for this show. And, you know, you can always go to uh, songsyoushouldknow.com. Look us up there. You can email us. Yes. We do the email. <laughs> we don't We don't Twitter. Do you Twitter at, do you no, Twitter at all? I do not Twitter. No. No, I've, I've got enough technology in my life. I, I can't imagine trying to maintain that, too. Me neither. So, but anyway, you can email uh, uh, Jimbo at songsyoushouldknow.com. Or, or a mixture at songsyoushouldknow.com, and you can spell it M-I-C-K-S-T-E-R or M-I-X-T-E-R. Right. And you can always go to Wikipedia Song Facts. You have access to the same internet that yes. we do. So, until next time. See you, babies. Hopefully, <laughs> the internet weather gods will provide us less latency. <laughs> we, pre- <laughs> we hope for we'll less latency. Soon.